Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the making podcasting great again, believe me, greatest podcast of all time. Speaking of which, we happen to have the making, co-hosting, great again, greatest co-host of any podcast of all time, Mr. Everett Farnell. Well, Steve, you're, as always, you're so kind. I've got to tell you something else. i got to make an announcement to everybody. It's just time to do it. It's time to get behind it. We need to reassign where we're going to put this podcast, where the home for this podcast is going to be. So, sure, you're still going to be able to get it in different outlets around, but we need to put oh, the home Oh, no, you're moving the podcast? Be. We have to move the podcast. Oh, properly. you can't do that. That's going to upset lots of people. Well, I understand, but... You just got to deal with it. They're just going to have to deal with it. You're going to get a lot of backlash. A lot of people are going to accuse you of, like, making a rash decision. I mean, we've been talking about moving the podcast for, like, 25 years, but for you to just go and do it, even though it's the right thing to do, how dare you? Yes, yes. So, as always, we have a little fun at the start of the episode to introduce the topic of the week. And this week, it is Trump's brash, you're kidding me, how could you possibly do that decision to suddenly just come out and say, we are moving the U.S. Embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and we are recognizing Jerusalem's right, along with, I think, pretty much every country in the history of all of mankind, to decide for themselves where they're own capital of their own country is for crying out loud and so we're going to acknowledge that knowing that the instant firestorm of crap coming back at him has been monumental it this doesn't seem to be major stuff it seems kind of silly that we're going to tell a different country where their capital city has to be located that just seems well supposedly that's been the story of israel ever since it's been established already it was seen as illegitimate and it's still not recognized recognized by certain of its enemy countries and so the country isn't recognized and therefore where they want to put their capital isn't recognized because how can you put your capital in the holy city which is laid claim by the three major religions of the world is the center of their religion and so how can you just suddenly co-opt that for yourself and there's, so there's all this you know it's still relatively young and still got all kinds of enemies, not to mention, I mean, we're saying stuff that everyone knows, but it's the only country of its kind in the Middle East. It's just surrounded right. by kingdoms and enemies of Israel. It's the only democracy sitting there in the Middle East, the only Western democracy, tiny little country, always constantly under attack 
and under derision from all other countries. So Trump comes right out, and look, at least in my lifetime, I know the last three presidents all made a campaign promise. We're going to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Clinton said it, Bush said it, Obama said it, and none of them had the guts to do it because of the backlash that Trump has the guts to withstand. And that's the lesson of today's episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast is sometimes you know there's something you got to do that's the right thing, but you know it's going to be unpopular, and weak leaders, therefore, don't make the move that's best for the company, or for Trump, best for the country, or best for the world. They do the easy thing to make up excuses why not to do it, or delay doing it, so they don't take the grief for an unpopular decision, and that is to the detriment of the company. Absolutely. And really, that's what we're talking about, is long-term thinking versus short-term thinking. It's always difficult to do the right thing in the short term, most of the time, because it's, you know, I mean, there's a reason why it's the right thing overall, but it's difficult to do. It's going to work out for the best in the long term. Well, yeah, sometimes. Uh, I mean, sometimes decisions that are right in the short term are easy to make, because and they're also easy in the long term. But you're right. When you're talking about something that's going to be unpopular in the short term, as business owners, we got to have the guts to do it. So this has to do with, say, a popular employee who's underperforming, and we got to let him go. Or if there's downsizing needs to be done because some something going on with competition or, or in the company or just going in a different direction and you got to shut down a whole factory or a whole location or sell off a whole line of your products or services or you're getting rid of a popular employee or a popular supplier or you're raising your prices or all these things yeah. can be unpopular decisions that we have to make for the best of the company and we know there's going to be growth and backlash. Well, we got to do it anyway. I was just going to use an example of uh, when I decided at the roofing company that we were going to change from selling roofs at between 250 and 300 a square to between 400 and 450 a square. And so basically doubling the price. Very close to, yeah, very close to doubling the price. And man, everybody was nervous. They, they swore we're not going to close anything. We're not going to be able to do it. Talk right, even the technicians that aren't even inside, I mean, the salespeople are thinking that it's going to be, how am I going to make sales? But even the technicians are thinking, I'm going to be out of work, Everett, because you're not going to get any jobs anymore. Exactly. And and turned out, not only did we get as many jobs, we got more jobs because, of course, we had more money to spend on marketing, and we still were able to make a better profit, even though we were spending more to get a job. And I'm assuming you got better customers that are easier to deal with and better to work with. Exactly. Exactly. But, of course, it was nerve-wracking for the people in the company when we first started to do it. Well, if I would have just said, well, I, I don't want to upset anybody, then I would have had a mediocre roofing company. As it was, I had a sales powerhouse with 10 times its size in, in two years. We 10 times the gross sales of the, of the company in two years, which is obviously that's outrageous growth, particularly between 2008 and 2010, or pardon me, 2010, 2012, when there were roofing companies and home remodelers in Florida going out of business left and right. So it's a matter of doing the right thing, even though you got to put up with the nonsense. That's well, I had a similar problem. situation when I had a company the called the Chicagoland Sharpest Entrepreneurs, where I ran monthly as a monthly membership for business owners and 
entrepreneurs in the Chicagoland area and a little beyond. People would come from a couple of hundred miles away, actually. But I ran monthly in-person seminars for about five years. And then I made the very unpopular decision to switch them to quarterly. And I did that for my own sanity and also for upping the quality of each seminar with more time to prepare and more time to market them and more time to work on the content. I would not burn myself out as much and I'd produce better seminars. But people were like, oh, but we love the coming every well, Sure, you love coming every month. Why don't you help me to put the whole thing together and fill the whole room month after month? I mean, I had four days every month. I had two separate locations. I ran the, the in-person seminars and they had two follow-up days of high-level mastermind coaching groups from them. So I had four solid days and then after that fourth day, I didn't get to relax and take a breath. I had to look at the calendar and go, holy cremoly, next month's events are only three weeks away. i got to get going. i right. got to follow up from this one. i got to switch over all the websites, all the marketing, start promoting, do everything. I'm like, that's a real tough agenda for five years. And I said, for my own sanity, which is therefore for the health of the group and that this thing continues, I had to switch it. And then I made the even more unpopular decision to shut the entire thing down after about a year of that and just say, that's it. No more events. I'm only going to work with my high-end clients now. So I shut out all the low level, just the members at the basic level. And I said, no more by teaching the basics and working at the basic level. I'm only going to work with the highest end clients who I can make the most money for, have the most impact on these businesses, the ones that are taking the most action. They're the most joy to work with. I have the most impact with them. I no longer have the grueling schedule of constantly promoting the next basic entry level event. And of course, it was for the better for everybody except for the do-nothing entry-levelers who just wanted to come and eat the food and do a little networking and never really work on their business at all, they were all complaining and miserable. And they, of course, being the 80-20 rule with a large percentage of the people. But I knew this was going to be unpopular, but I had to make that decision for the best for the 20%, the top 20%, and for me to keep things going. And so these well, are not well, popular decisions. And arguably, the top 20% may not have liked the decision either. But Some of them didn't, but actually, you're right, because they, that's a great point, they, in the beginning, right, in the short term, like you're saying, some of them were like, oh, yeah, we met... But then they realize, man, now Steve has a lot more time and energy and attention for us actually working on our business at a high level, and they really, really appreciated it once they realized what had happened. Right. But it took that, that was a very unpopular, you're right, it was unpopular with certainly with the 80% and even with some of the top 20%. And plus, people just don't like change is what it comes down to. Human beings don't like change and don't like to make decisions. So Donald Trump comes out and says, I'm going to make a decision and I'm going to make a change, and the world goes crazy for what's likely to be, it's just happened, but it's likely to be only a short time. Trump knows there'll be blowback no matter which way he went. If he decided not to do it, there'll be blowback. Oh, you're going back on your campaign promise. Oh, but it's the right thing to do, and you're not doing it. Okay, but he's going to get blowback either way, but it's going to calm down, and after it all calms down, he's left with he made the right decision. He recognized right. the country's right to choose the location of their own capital. That whole conversation it just sounds like no kidding. It sounds like what what's even the conversation here? A country says this is where our capital is, and suddenly the whole world gets to weigh in on that decision. Doesn't seem to make any <laughs> sense. So Trump.
Trump said, I'm ending that. And then the story is supposedly likely to happen that other countries will then follow suit. And eventually all the countries will recognize that that's the capital of your country and we won't won't locate our embassies hundreds of miles away in some other city. And of course, now the, the real question for entrepreneurs is how can they find the confidence and how can they deal with the blowback of these sorts of decisions when they make the long-term right decision but short-term tough decision. And, of course, that's the nuts and bolts of our advanced tip. Which Absolutely. We, uh, which As we usual, they go hand in hand. Dear listener, you can listen every week and get the basic tip. But as you can hear this week, we're telling you what you need to do. But the advanced tip, we're going to help you with the way to make it happen and the way to not do it, almost more importantly, how not to do it. And for that, you go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com and you see the contact information to get the advanced tip of the week. Implement that into your business and you'll be able to take a deep breath. You'll be able to make the right decision, whether it's short-term, unpopular or not, and you'll be able to reap the benefits long-term. So we highly recommend, as always, that you take that action, not to mention you take the action of coming back next week for another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump Podcast. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.